Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Anne, she is the author of Why They Stay. We're going to talk about why these political wives stay with their husbands who are not doing such great things. I think you know a few of them. We're talking about Hillary Clinton, Jackie Kennedy, Marion Stein, Melania Trump. It's a little bit of a different kind of episode for what I usually talk about, but I think we really get into the psychology of these women and why they choose to stay with these men and what happened in their lives, what happened in their earlier years with their fathers, with their mothers that made them want to accept this kind of behavior and why exactly uh, they did and what the outcomes were for it. So here's Anne. She's very brilliant. She just did so much research on these women. And I think you really go inside their heads of how they are and who they are. So here's Anne. I hope you enjoy her. Hi, I'm Ann Michaud. I'm a journalist and author of a book called Why They Stay, Sex Scandals, Deals, and Hidden Agendas of Eight Political Wives. So how did you get into journalism? Well, um, I think I majored in economics in college and um, wasn't quite sure what to do with that but I'd always loved storytelling and writing. And I thought maybe I could combine my um, sort of interest in public policy with, um, with writing. And, and that's, I just um, started at the bottom, started at um, a weekly newspaper um, covering a local town in Massachusetts. Interesting. And what was the inspiration for writing the book? Um, I had covered some of the men um, that I, are included in the book. Um, Bill Clinton, um, Elliot Spitzer, and Anthony Weiner. Um, Elliot was the governor of, of uh, New York, mm -hmm. and Anthony Weiner was a congressman from New York. And um, so as I would watch the stories play out, there was always this um, knee jerk response on the part of the press. Oh, she's showing up at the press conference and, and you know, what does that indicate? And um, I thought that there should be a little bit more um, 3D reporting on the women that mm -hmm. they were actual people and not, um, just props in this um, political play. Well said. Uh, there was this part that really stuck with me. So I just wanted to get more clarification on that you wrote about. Feminists have connected women's sexual subordination to their unequal status in society and have strived to transform women's expectations in their private lives. Private dignity at home equates to dignity in the workplace and the public sphere. Could you go explain maybe more about this unequal uh, statue in society that you talk about? Yeah, I think that um, the women who are in the political eye or in the public eye generally, not necessarily just politics, but that's my expertise, um, have, uh, they play a role that resonates with us in our homes 
um, and what men and women um, expect from each other in private life. Um, and so that's what I was trying to say there. Um, I think that if you have someone in public life who accepts um, serial philandering mm -hmm. on the part of her husband, that, um, that that can be more acceptable in a private home as well. I see. Um, when you mentioned how Jackie, when she was at school and when her father would come to visit her school and play a game with her and, and she would point to specific classmates and he would say he would, that he would sleep with what, that was so disturbing that he'd sleep with this mom, this mom, this one. So one can argue that she didn't know what a healthy marriage was, that she just was brought up to think, hey, when your husband cheats, that's normal. Um, well, I'm going to get a name. I'm going to get power. I'm going to get successful some way, just being riding next to him, walking next to him. And I just felt so much, I'm not going to say pity. I just felt very empathetic and sad for them. But I wanted to know, was there a specific wife that you felt more connected to that you felt like, Hey, um, perhaps like I see some personality traits in them. Like, was there anyone that you said like, Oh, I'm like, my heart hurts for her, for her. Um, you mean someone who I, One well, I think that, I yeah. think that I connected more to the women who ended up um, defining themselves on their own terms. Mm -hmm. And I would say um, Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Jackie went on to have quite a, an interesting life after her husband was killed. I don't know if that would have been the case if he had lived, I don't know. Um, but I also thought that Silda Spitzer was, um, she left Elliot and um, has gone on to raise money for uh, women democratic candidates. Um, she has, she's working as an investment banker, I think still. Um, in an all-women firm. <laughs> so uh, I think that, um, you know, that, that they made choices that are very um, affirming. Right. Uh, going back to Eleanor, uh, could you say that, well, she discovered these affairs by reading the love letters and she didn't tell anyone about it. And she kind of used that as like leverage to advance in their marriage or probably you know kind of show him who's boss like hey like even though I know that you are doing this you are not keeping our vows I'm gonna still get ahead and she pursued her writing her social activism like you talked about could you argue that maybe Eleanor never loved him and only saw him as a pawn in her success because there were rumors of her being a lesbian and um, when you talk about just this whole story of all these women staying with these men who have done really questionable things, you kind of got to ask yourself, like, was there love, was there love there that they keep staying or was there never any love that they just keep staying for their own like success and their own benefit? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there are, um, I think that does play into women's calculation about whether to stay in the marriage is that there's 
um, a calculation of whether they're going to lose status and power and connections. Um, but I'm not sure I would say it was necessarily true for Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. I think that she um, went into the marriage, she was, I think, almost naive, maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, her heart was really broken by the discovery of the letters. Um, I'm sure it gave her leverage in the marriage. And that she was like, look, if you know, you've done wrong things, I'm gonna do this and, and you don't have any say about it. So, um, but I, I'm not sure I see her as someone who was calculating in that sense. Mm. A few months ago when I was watching the impeachment uh, special on FX and when Hillary finds out about Monica, she says this line that like, gave me like chills. She goes like, I invested in us. I didn't invest in myself. And from there, I was like, you know, growing up with this story and hearing about it and learning about it in school, I think it just like clicked when I heard that, that she kind of said, hey, I put in all this work. I'm not just gonna back out now because if I back out now, no one's gonna take me seriously. I'm only one half. I'm just like a half of you. I'm not full Hillary Clinton on my own. And she kind of worked her way through that and made herself obviously now somebody that just doesn't have to be defined by Bill and what he's done. Yeah. You watch no, that I think that's, <laughs> I think that's really insightful and um, that adds a little bit of layer for me mm -hmm. to hear your views on that. Um, yeah, I think she did make a lot of um, choices based on the partnership that that mm -hmm. she went, um, for example, she was um, a lawyer in Washington working on the Nixon impeachment um, effort for the Democrats. And um, she went to Arkansas, moved mm -hmm. there um, for Bill and his career. Yeah. And, um, so I think that was a real crossroads for her. I think so too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you think that these women, uh, this could be kind of debated, could they, do they love being labeled as victims? What's the psychology behind it? What does it say about like their self-esteem? Like what glimpse can we get into their personalities and their characters? I think there was a time after the um, White House intern scandal in the 90s where mm -hmm. Hillary did receive sympathy um, for being a victim. Yeah. But I think that times have changed and I don't think that the public is as willing to say, poor you. And I think that did show up in her um, her uh, efforts to, to win the presidency in 2016. I think people now say, I don't understand your decision. And I'm not sure, I don't, that means I don't understand how you think. And I think that um, creates a sense of mistrust for her. I agree. I totally agree with that. Could you say that they all, all these women that you covered, that they had 
they had very rough relationships with their father. Like Hillary was said to have a cruel father. Marion's father was imprisoned. Eleanor's alcoholic father passed before she was 10, along with her mom as well that I read. Um, could you say that they stayed with their husbands because in a way they didn't, well, they didn't know what a good, healthy relationship was with a man that they thought like, this is probably the best I can get. Could you argue that, that they had issues with their fathers and that kind of made them want to stay with these men that were also not treating them great? Yeah, I think you have to have a model mm -hmm. um, for a good relationship. And um, either that or you have to uh, figure it out for yourself through a few <laughs> mistakes. Right. And, um, you know, I'm just uh, speaking personally now, not on my journalistic um, Mm -hmm. analytical I you know my parents were um sort of fought a lot and um I had a few relationships in my 20s that weren't right and I didn't really know what was right so um I, I think that that that's a good point and I don't know um it for each of these women if I'd say that it's funny um people theorize that Melania Trump Mm -hmm. uh, married someone who's very much like her father. Yeah, um, I've heard this. Mm -hmm. sort of tall, um, boisterous, big personality, liked to dress well, um, um, ambitious, but in a way, you know, just wanting the acclaim, you know, wanting to to feel um, that he was admired. So, mm. so you're gonna, so she basically married a narcissist as well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe. Right. What does does narcissism like play a part in any of this? Like, any? Yeah. yeah. I, I just I just read a really interesting book that's coming out um, about um, it's it looks at the men over history who've mm -hmm. had these scandals and and what their personalities are and. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the author um, says that he feels as though that there is a lot of narcissism that goes into wanting to run for office in the first place. Hundred percent. I mean, let's be real. Like, no one just wants to be president. <laughs> I don't know, and and to be have your whole life like out there on display all the time. I think mm -hmm. you know, even the process itself you have to be a, a specific kind of person to to want to jump into that yep 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 so uh when you talked about you know ending the marriage for these women you said it means fading into normalcy that's really good returning to ordinary life and then an impossible admission for women who have built their egos on being one member of a powerful team, which I kind of went into with like Hillary. So to divorce would mean admitting defeat. So you could say these women also had pretty big egos, right? And see themselves as extraordinary and who circulate with other famous history making figures. So they didn't think it was worth it to just give up all this power, all this you know, fame just for somebody who was basically 
not faithful to them. Is that what, it's like they need to be someone too. They don't just want to be in the shadows of these men. Yeah, I think um, they want to be someone too. And I think it is still difficult in our society as a woman to, um, to get that same, I don't know, it feels like um, if you're crouching down, getting ready to run a, a track race and you have that little uh, device that you push off with your foot yeah um, it, you know I feel like men have that a little bit more than women still um although things are changing but um I do feel as though being part of a power couple is um helpful for a woman right so that leads to basically probably the biggest theme in the book where you discuss these women and their marriages is the white queen legacy. Can you talk more about what a white queen is, the traits? Yeah, um, I had done all this research and um, found that, you know, these commonalities and my editor, book editor said, can you please um, sum this up somehow? <laughs> uh, find a, you know, something that we can call it a syndrome or something. And, and so I thought, well, let me find a historical figure who embodies the mm -hmm. traits that I found here among these women. And um, I found, uh, learned about this woman, Elizabeth Woodville, who lived in the 1400s, who married um, someone who was king and um, she was a commoner mm -hmm. and she ended up getting um, positions at court for her nine or ten siblings and um, ended up um, through her one of her daughters find founding the um, Tudor dynasty so to me it was sort of this metaphor for someone who a woman who <clears throat> makes her way in the world through marriage mm -hmm. and um, thinks about you know what does this mean for me and my children, uh, my position in the world? Uh, so that's that's why I, I grabbed the, and she was known as the White Queen um, in the War of the Roses. There was, I guess, red and white. And um, so that's her kind of shorthand for her in history. And um, so I, I use that in the book. Very clever. So you basically rated these women on a quotient you're talking about right? yeah yeah so who's like the highest who's the lowest well I did um that's a little bit you know it's a little bit of me um making that choice mm -hmm. just based on my research uh I found that a couple of them I gave them a 10 on a scale of one to ten mm -hmm. um that would be the most defined by these um uh, these these motivations mm -hmm. so i i said hillary had a 10 mm -hmm. um hama abedin had a 10 she was married to anthony weiner and melania trump also a 10. Hmm. and then jackie was like a seven 
I, yeah, I gave Jackie a seven. I felt as though she, um, I don't know, she, she had her own individuality, mm. even though that she was married to a guy who was very much like the men she had grown up with, you know, stepping out on the wife and ambitious. And I mean, I, I think about that story in um, when she first got into the White House and the um, one of the advisors in the White House protocol advisor, <laughs> she had a conversation with him and, and she said, I'm not going to do all these teas and all these other <laughs> things that the other women have done. I have young children and I'm going to spend my time with them. And she took them out to um, their um, second home in Maryland, I think, where they went uh, horseback riding. And I mean, she really was you know, she took her role as a mom very seriously. Yeah. And she also tried to remember JFK as a good person. Like she tried to get things, memorials made for him, right? That's what I read. Yeah, I love that. Um, she was, uh, you know, right after he died, apparently some of the um, news coverage was saying, oh, he wasn't in office even a full term. His legacy is not going to be very strong. He's, you know, he was sort of a blip. And right. she, was, she was having none of that. <laughs> and she um, ended up, um, you know, spearheading the, the Kennedy Library in Boston. She had the Performing Arts Center in DC was under construction at the time and mm -hmm. she um, had it named for him. And also um, the space program bears his name, um, Cape Kennedy. So um, she was, and she also invited friends of his to come to their home afterwards and speak to the children who were still very young. Mm -hmm. um, and talk about their dad so that the the image they had of him was not just <clears throat> him being shot, assassinated and, right. and uh, you know, um, and what they could see through the media, but through his actual colleagues, people who loved him and admired him could tell the stories and give um, their children more of a, a full picture of the man. Right. So I know we said how these women were like in, influenced by their rough relationships with their dads to stay with men like this, but can we also say that they were raised by white queens themselves that kind of molded them and trained them to like look for men with money and power and, and success like Jackie's mom? She was all about that. She really was. Yeah, she was. And I think um, Eleanor's family, mm -hmm. they were very much like there are, there was a set of families called the 400, I think, or people oh. you could affiliate with. <laughs> and uh, it was to stay in a certain class. Um, I think, you know, Melania's parents were extremely mm -hmm. um, ambitious. They were, were, were in a um, communist countries so they could only go so far right. but, um, they certainly her mom was uh, head of a factory there and um, so yeah I think that you definitely see a lot of ambition on the part of the 
parents and the mothers in particular. Yeah. Is there anything that you want the readers and the listeners to know about these women, like any misconceptions and anything else that, you know, could help them kind of understand the better and to see like why they stayed? <laughs> oh, huh. I think that, um, that people should know there's a lot more going on than just this theater, political theater that um, advisors are, are saying, you know, if, if you get out there and to the men, admit your flaws and your past mistakes and ask for forgiveness, and to the women, if you stand next to them, Mm -hmm. and uh, appear to support them, then, then you'll be electable still. Your joint project of getting the husband elected will go forward. Um, I think that, that I think people should understand that that's very scripted and um, that there's more going on for these people as human beings than, than uh, just that effort to be elected. Yeah. And there's always got to be a little bit of love to kind of keep you with that person, right? Yeah, I think so, definitely. And this was really fun and insightful and your book was super, super well-written. Just great, great read. Can you tell everyone where to get it? Thank you for saying that. Um, I have, uh, it's on um, all the places you can buy books online. Um, Books a Million, Indie, um, what's the name of that one? Indie Bound will support your independent bookstores and Amazon, of course, Books and Barnes and Noble. Um, you can get them there and um, it should be available on um, audio later this spring. Oh, awesome. What's the next book about? <laughs> it's about um, wealthy people who have their... Um, their family members committed to uh, insane asylums. Oh, this sounds fun. <laughs> In order to sometimes take their money, other times, um, uh, you know, make the marriage null and void um, and oh. so they can marry somebody else, so. And I'm excited. Can I interview on, the, on that too? Oh, sure. <laughs> But it might be a couple years, so. Okay, it sounds it sounds really fun. <laughs> I think it will be. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Anne. Have a great rest of your day. It will be. Thanks, Davina. I really appreciate it. Take care. Back to Sherry in a second, but I just wanted to talk about my favorite vitamins by Mary Ruth's. I love to have the apricot, peach, and mango vitamin D gummies. They are delicious. And I know everybody has seen all these influencers getting these lymphatic drainage massages. Why not start with an amazing supplement in drop form? The lymphatic drops are also awesome. And I just got some new products that I'm going to try that I'm excited to, um, you know, implement into my diet. And if you guys want a code, it's Mary Ruth. You just go to their website, Mary Ruth Organics. It's an amazing company. It's all vegan, all natural, delicious. Use code Mary Ruth at checkout for a discount. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.